Peace be unto you, my brothers and sisters. Thank you so much for taking your time to listen. And prayerfully, we will get some benefit out of our meeting. I am still going to talk on a new subject. This episode will be called From Slavery to Freedom. From Slavery to Freedom. Now, oftentimes, we take some words for granted. An example would be slavery. There are some people who do not believe that they are slaves. To understand it, you have to understand what a slave is. A slave is someone whose fear of movement is controlled by another. So you make the decision as to whether or not you think that you are a slave. I can tell you that the environment in which you live is usually controlled. You're controlled from the way we used to do things. For an example, when Africans came to America, even though they were it bound, then there is also the mental understanding of slavery. I believe that the people who came here in chains initially were not slaves. They were free people bound by chains. As opposed to now, you have people who are physically free, but mentally, they are slaves. Let us look at what the people who initially did when they came. Though they had gone through years of chattel slavery, when they were freed physically, they had the mental stability to build houses, to build churches, to build businesses, to build communities, to marry their sons and daughters off. They were not really slaves. They were free people bound by chains, as opposed to now, We have people who run and lose free. They don't know how to build their own houses. They don't know how to build businesses. They don't know how to build uh, political unity. They don't know how, in many cases now, to grow their own food, to cook their own food to clothe themselves. So that is the dichotomy of 
slavery and who's really the slave. But I do want to, if you would, focus your attention for just a moment on a scripture. It will be taken from the Bible, the New International Version, Genesis, the 15th chapter, beginning with the 13th verse. This is where God is talking to Abraham, and he says, Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated 400 years. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your fathers in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. Here we, we, we see that God, the creator, told Abraham, to Abraham, know for sure that your seed are going to be strangers in a land that's not theirs. There's no, uh, you know, I'm thinking about it, it might happen. He say, no, for sure, this is going to happen. And historically, we want to talk about what has happened and who is this speaking to. There's no other people in the annals of history that can meet that description except the people who were taken from what is called Africa. But even more importantly, before we even get to the, the 400 years, which the slave owners in their history, they put it from 1619 to 2019 which would be 400 years. Now, some would start right there. Yes, blacks were brought from Africa in chains, making it through the Middle Passage all the way to the shores of America. And that is when slavery began. Sounds good, but that's oversimplifying it. It wasn't like they were on a cruise ship where they just, somebody came and they boarded and they left Africa and came straight to America. No, there's a lot that transpired from there to here. There are those who were in charge of the slave ship the 
slaves, and I'll, I'll use that term loosely, they were just not peacefully coming on this journey. Some of them rebelled. And the most rebellious, they were sometimes thrown overboard because it's hard to make a man a slave once he know who he is. Let, let, let's digress a little bit to the uh, to the story of Roots. You remember Kuta Kinte when he came, he was told that we're going to change your name to Toby. And he resisted. He said, no, I'm Kunta Kinte. And he would be whipped. So he said, you are Toby. He said, no, I'm no Toby. I'm Kunta Kinte. And after the exchange went on so long, you know, slave master said, I don't have to argue with you. You're going to be Toby. And so he kept on to cut off his foot. He maimed him, beat him, bruised him until finally some of his, some of uh, Kunta Kinte's relatives say, look, just go ahead on and submit. But Kunta Kinte, he knew his name. If you ever see the people who put on what they call an African attire with the colorful designs, a lot of that cloth is called kinti cloth. Kinti, it means longevity. It takes a long time to weave it. Therefore, he knew that he was from a people who had longevity. And also he knew when his name was being exchanged from kinti, kinte, to Toby. Toby means to obey. So what the slave masters were saying is, we don't care anything about your longevity as to where you were. Now you are to obey me. By whatever means necessary, we're going to break you down until you obey me. Now, let's go a little bit before 1619. That's where his story begins. But the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said that we were brought here in 1555. And you may have heard, if you've ever been around old folk, and they be talking about something that they don't really know what the exact answer is, they'll say, you know, that's a, that's a $64,000 question. The $64,000 question. They are referring to the 64 unaccounted for years that we were enslaved. Again, let me go back to our journey here. Some of the slaves did not voluntarily come. Some of them rebelled. Some of them jumped ship and they ended up on what we call the islands, the, Car the Caribbeans and, and all of that. They were people who escaped. So those are our brothers and sisters 
who are part of diasporas. They are part of us. So when they did get here, and let me let me say one other thing about the slave masters. They did not lose any money. When they lost cargo, they would report it to the insurance company because it, the, the slaves were insured. So if one was rebellious, disobedient, they would easily just go ahead and kill him knowing that they could report it to the insurance. And the largest insurance company in the world that financed slavery was Lords of London. They are still the largest insurance company in the world. If ever there's a time you can't get insurance from anybody else, they'll insure anybody. So the slave owners could recoup their money for getting rid of rebellious slaves. And again, they didn't just bring them here and immediately put them directly into the servitude. They had to break them. So it took them 64 years to break them the way they wanted to break them and make them believe that they were God and make them believe that there was no other God but them. So they would whip them ferociously if they called on gods other than them. They would tell them, I'm your master and you my slave. And they did that for years and years and years and years. And they are still doing it. And I will tell you that unconsciously, many people still revere the slave, former slave master's children is their slave master. They depend on them for everything. Uh, if there's a question about something that's going on in Africa, before they would seek the advice of an African, they will trust the Europeans' understanding of that subject matter. So there was a lot that was going on way before the slave master thought that he had the slaves docile enough and submissive enough that they could put them in a different form of slavery. And part of doing that was to get them acclimated to the four disciplines of life that everyone must adhere to. So to take the people and give them their God was one of the ways of doing that. And in fact, if you look it up, don't take my word for it. Uh, if you look it up, just Google what was the name of the first slave ship that brought slaves to America? And Google will agree that the first slave ship was called the Good Ship Jesus. That's 
recorded history. It was the good ship Jesus. And oftentimes when they would bring a load of slaves, take them off in chains, and the ship would turn to go back, the slaves would be hollowing, Jesus, don't leave me, Jesus. Jesus, please don't leave me, Jesus. Come back, Jesus. Come to me, Jesus. Again, we know that Jesus was not an African name. We know that. So we won't even question it. Now, make no mistake about it. When they talk about Jesus Christ, there was Christ. His name just wasn't Jesus. It was not Jesus. And those who still retain that is because it has been taught so repetitiously in their religion that they are tied back to saying, well, I, in my, deep down in my conscious, when I consciously think about it, well, I agree with that. But then even deeper in their subconscious, they say, no, you don't you, don't you forsake Jesus. And that's why the subconscious is more dangerous than the conscious. There are some things that are so deeply embedded in people that even though you tell them for a minute, they say, well, yeah, that, 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 that's right. You know, you know, people are taught, you know, you know, there's no such thing as a Santa Claus. Well, yeah, I know you're right. But that's what we that's what we were taught. You know, you got to celebrate Christmas, but why? Because that's what my ancestors did. So even if your ancestors were slaves, do you want to be a slave? You may not be physically, but mentally and spiritually. If you will take falsehood over truth, then that is a problem in your consciousness. If not in your consciousness, definitely in your subconscious. So you have to revisit your subconscious because slavery, they did a job on the black people and many of them have not overcome that yet. And so Abraham was warned according to scripture, he said, your seed is gonna be a stranger in a land that is not theirs. And they're going to serve those people for 400 years. Newsflash, 1619 to 2019, according to my calculations, that's 400 years. I don't know how y'all do the new math, but the old math that we used to do, that's 400 years. So whether you want to come out or not, the gate is open. This is a new day for those who want to embrace it. You don't have to be a slave. But because God gives us a, a limited free will, we can choose to be slaves if that's what we want to be. But the choice is yours. You know, they did an experiment on an elephant. They tied a chain around its leg. and the chain extended 12 feet and the elephant would go and they would put food there. The elephant would go those 12 feet 
and that's far as it would go. Then later, they would put food about 14 feet away from the tree, and he would go 12 feet, and he could not go any further. Even though he was hungry, he couldn't go any further than those 12, uh, 12 feet, and the food was another couple of feet away. So afterwards, they would take the chain off of the elephant, and they put a rope. It's kind of like a thread that the elephant, under normal circumstances, could easily break. But the elephant was so conditioned, when he extended himself 12 feet, he would stop. He wouldn't even attempt to go any further. And that's where most black people are today. There are many things that they could do by themselves, but they choose not to go any further. But there's a new day. And I remind you, there's a new day. And the same creator that said he was going to enslave our people for a certain period of time, this is the end time. The white man was given permission to rule, but he was also given rules on how to rule. And most importantly, he was given a time in which he would rule. Newsflash, his time is up. And your time is just about to begin. You got to know what time it is, according to the Creator's decree. He only did this for a certain period of time. And just as it was during the time of Moses, when Moses was told to tell Pharaoh to let his people go, and I'll say it's the same scenario. You know that Moses was from a, a dark-skinned people, and Pharaoh was from a light-skinned people. If you check the scriptures, you'll find it. Anyway, when the time was up and God told him, it's time to go tell him, let your people go. There were some of those Negroes back then who were saying, what you mean go? Go where? Where can you find a better place than this? This man, you know, they can't say anything without using the word let. This man let us go to his schools. This man will let us go in debt to get a car for seven years now. This man will let us go in debt to get a house for 30 years. He will let us shop in his stores now. You, you, there's nothing you can say without using the word let. He let us work for him. He let us come to his bank. He let us come to his stores. He let us, he let us, he let us. When are you going to do for self? There's absolutely no reason why you can't do for self. It is said that for the amount of money that black people amass 
in this country, they would be, if they, if they pooled their resources, they would be the seventh or the eighth largest country in the world. If black people were to pool their resources, they would be the seventh or eighth largest nation in the world. As the old saying go, we have met the enemy and the enemy is us. We refuse to accept leadership. That's why we went into slavery from the very beginning. God say, if you don't serve me, I'll make you serve your enemy and my enemy. We must get back to the conviction that there's nobody worthy of worship except the one who created us. There has to be a conviction. You know, many people go to church. In fact, I, he even shutting the churches down now. He say, you know, you've been going there, putting on a fashion show, jumping around, and talking about you worshiping. You ain't worshiping me. You don't come here and put on a show in one day, and the other six days, who you worshiping those days? Satan. So therefore, he said, if you don't come here and worship me, I shut it down. Well, you can't even come at all. And so that's what he did during the time of Moses. He put plagues on the nation. Coco is a plague. The coronavirus is a plague. If the white man was so powerful, he'd go and arrest the one who did it. But he know he has no power over the creator. So he make up all kind of excuses, all kind of rationale, and uh, he's even in denial about it. But those are plagues that the creator sent. And trust me, after this was opened over, it's not the last one. The creator is so powerful. He can take a net. He take insects and run people crazy who don't obey him. So dear beloved people, at some point, you have to come, become convicted, or you should become convicted, that for God I live and for God I'll die. There's nothing worthy of worship except the one who created me. It's a new day. We've been in darkness, but now it's time to come out of darkness into the marvelous light. The light is very marvelous. You need to come to the light. Come to the light. And one of the things that keep people in darkness is ignorance. Ignorance is what keeps us in darkness. We have to educate ourselves. We have to learn that there's someone in charge of this whole thing. It is not no man who got to die just like we got to die. There's a power that's greater than Pharaoh. There's a power that's greater than the president. There's a power that's greater than the king. We have to come to the conviction that we are not going to serve anything other than the creator. And if we get killed in the process, it was he that gave us this life, and it is he that can let us live again. So dear beloved brothers and sisters, I leave you as I greeted you in peace. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and all the other social media. Thank you for listening. As I leave you in peace, peace be unto you.